um, I had an interest in in Irish folklore and the I, I thought about there's the notion that if somebody falls asleep um, on a sacred site like a poet or a writer or that they're you know imbued with some some message to impart to the world um, and I like this idea but um, I thought it a bit it'd be better if it was something that kind of happened by accident you know if you want to go and get these magical powers um, I thought it would be kind of convoluted to to go to one of these places and intentionally go sleep on it um, how I never I was I was living in London um, in Homerton I was living in a big peach terror block uh, called Landmark Heights. Um, and it had little like decking and palm trees outside. It was giant, terrible. It looked like, for all the world, like Benny Dorm in the 1970s. And there was a certain sense of every time you came home, you were going back to the hotel. Uh, but I'd had uh, I'd had a back and forth between um, Ireland and London doing loads of doing loads of shows and bits and bobs but like fairly no I wasn't really making any money working in a pub called the Charles Lamb at the time so <clears throat> I had I don't know, it was artistically fulfilled, but kind of coming back to facing the realities of, of having to now do cash stuff. Well, I was I was wiped out uh, and all interneted out of it. So I had my phone there. I decided to go down on a, a walk. It was in the spring down into the Hackney Marshes. Um, and uh, I took a book. There was a book I was trying to read um, called The History of the Kings of Britain by Geoffrey of Monmouth. And it was, it's a pseudo-historical lineage of like the Kings of Britain tracing them back to Troy and King Arthur and all that stuff. Um. But it's very hard. I think the main reason I was reading it was trying to impress my dad. <laughs> um, but it had the power, certain power of, of actually putting you asleep. Because I'd find myself in bed, I'd, I'd get like two pages done and then it was just, I'd be out like a light. It was handy in that sense, but it didn't make for getting through the book. It really kind of concentrate. So I left um, my phone behind. I wore this bright red kind of ski jacket from the 70s 
which um um kind of iconic status from uh Al Kennington who's used to wear it and then he, he, he I think at the end of a party <coughs> I I wore it home at some point it was quite small and it was hard to kind of do up but um some of those things I liked it so I wore it um so anyway set the scene and then I head I head down to Hackney Marshes uh, and the, the filter beds down there um, by, beside the River Lee and uh, I walk to a specific place these kind of big stones that have been taken out of the ground and <clears throat> um, it's like a dead end you go into the park and then you have to come kind of go around but I kind of like that bit there because there's uh, not that many people and so I went in and it was spring a spring day and I, I went in and um, it was quite sunny but not not uh, very warm and the leaves weren't really out yet and uh, I lay down and started reading this really boring book um, and sure enough I was out like a light. I fell asleep. And then I woke up and I looked around and I actually realised that I was in a stone circle. And uh, it was actually a piece of public artwork called Nature's Throne. Um, and it was made um, quite recently. So it's not an old place, but I was like, "Ah, oh, sweet, fell asleep in a stone circle. I'm going to have some, be imbued with some amazing literary powers. Um, I know the thing was only made in 1990, but I'll have that. I will. I'll take it. But then just as I was kind of having that thought, I was kind of sitting up, there was a a man uh, dressed in black, a Hasidic Jewish man uh, with the hat and he had the two curls coming down either side of his face. And um, he was kind of walking with his hands behind his back, but kind of looked like he wanted to talk to someone. And he goes to me, he says, is there anywhere beautiful to walk around here? And... I kind of got up um, and started talking to him. I said, well, you know, this area is actually, it's pretty beautiful. Probably not at the height of its beauty now because the, the leaves aren't out, but there's some lovely stuff around here. And uh, we just kind of walked. We're kind of walking side by side now. And uh, I was telling him about the filter beds because the filter beds, they used to, take water from the river and it was like a big from overhead like a big cartwheel um, with sections and each of them was a filter bed uh, so it was divided in four and the water had come in from the river and there was like varying degrees of like 
rock um, shale and down into sand uh, that would filter the water. So I, I dazzled him with all of these these facts. Um, and then I explained to him that the filter beds wasn't in use anymore, but they had dredged, they had accidentally uh, created something quite amazing in that they, the four sections, they dredged one at a time, but they dredged them kind of like two years after each other. And a botanist noticed that when they when they had dredged the the first one, then they dredged the second one two years on second one, and to, like took all the stone and sand out. The growth that started going on in the first one, and then the second one, there were stages, uh, and a botanist botanist realized that um, they were perfect examples of a bog turning into a forest, and it was there on on display for you so it became it's become a kind of important uh, day trip for botany students you know it's kind of like a grassy marsh at first and then it's uh you know got a bit of you know some bushes and stuff in the next one and then eventually the, the fourth third and fourth then it becomes like a full woodland um so anyway I think we kind of connected um through this walk and talk <clears throat> and uh then the it got started getting a bit the, the, the conversation turned towards he said I don't know how you people sleep with so many different partners um, and I, well, I explained to him, I said, um, well, I've, um, I've actually been going out with the same girl for nine years. Um, and he was like, oh, well, I've been, I've been married for nine years. Um, and then, uh, then he said, he's like, I, and Oh, I I love my wife and you know I love kissing and I love sex and I was I was slightly taken aback by the turn of the conversation but just was kind of like hanging in there I was I, I wasn't sure where this was going but um yeah I hung in there and I said, "Oh right," um, and but he was, he's he was kind of. Then he said, "But we we have we have sex and um, it's over." And my wife is like, "Please, please, please," and but but it's over for me, and I don't know what to do. So I, yeah, I was like, okay, right, okay, well, I was just trying to think of where to start. Um, so 
I said, okay, well, there's a place. Um, and it's just kind of at the top. And it's like, um, it's almost like a really small version of your willy. Um, and so the same way that your willy works, it works with your wife in the same way. Now, everybody's different, but um, I think that's the best way to think about it. Um, so we, we actually, we walked and talked for about 45 minutes and we discussed everything. I think I'm, I'm going to go into the gory details because it's essential for the story. Um, we, well, one surprising thing was like that he said, um, I was like, and you can, you can like, you can touch this place, you know, while you're inside with your hand and then he was like oh you can use your hands um so it was yeah it was, it was kind of sad but i was just gl- i was glad that we the conversation had gone this way um so as awkward as, as it was yeah, so I explained, but I explained that, you know, it was very sensitive area uh, and that you had to be very gentle with it. Um, well, test the waters. Um, and then <laughs> we, yeah, we discussed, uh, he, he asked, could you see the place? And I said, you could see the place. You, you'd have to kind of, like go down there and maybe hold some things open. Um, we, I actually drew a picture of, like, well, like a diagram of of uh, female genitalia in the in the back of the 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 book, the history of the kings of Britain, which I still have to this day. Well, it's, I had a pen that was kind of half working, so I kind of drew a line. And then drew a little circle at the top. Um, yeah, so we, beyond that, we discussed fellatio. Um, so then, yeah, we walked and talked. We talked about um, the light stimulation of the anus. Um. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, as I said, Felatio, he didn't seem so keen on that. Um, I was telling him it was all great. Um, um, I told him kind of about timing. Uh, you know that potentially. Like the same thing that happens to him when he has the sex, it can happen to his wife as well. And that 
he could can potentially start her off first if it takes her longer and try and like try and land things at the same time or 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 he could you know <laughs> sort her out first and then then you know have his end away or 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 be really really sound and uh and just like you know forego the the need and and just sort her out for extra brownie points um that's an option so we anyway we were walking around the Hackney Marshes. He told me he was talking to me that he telling me that he couldn't really, you know, talk to anybody about it and that he had kind of uh he was down kind of out of his area. Um so he had a certain amount of anonymity. Yeah, we walked and talked to me we we talked about loads of different stuff. Um um Um, and then we parted ways. We shook hands, exchanged names. His name was Joseph. And um, that was that. So it was like, felt like I had helped him. But I, 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 liked, I liked the way the story was kind of imbued with the mysticism of it being in a stone circle um, and then like the magic items that I had like the, the the red coat um, and the, the the book that had the power to make you sleep so it felt like a kind of modern mystical quest I felt like a druid like a wizard like a sex wizard um yeah so about three months later I was dragging my feet along I was up at Hackney Bats and I was wearing the same coat but I I felt miserable really fucking you know, you're just like, oh, why, why do I just do, why do I do this to myself every time? Why can't I get my fucking act together? Why am I such a bastard? Those kind of thoughts. Um, and then I heard a burp, burp, and I looked over, uh, and there was a man alone in a people carrier, big, bashed up. Toyota Avensis or something and uh, he's like hey you do you remember me I was like oh hey hey Joe how's it going and with a large smile on his face as the the lights turned green he gave me a big thumbs up and said 
Thank you, man. And drove off. Um, and that's when I truly felt like a mystical cunt. <laughs>